What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Die by the Blade podcast, where Josh and I sit down and talk about everything Buffalo hockey. I'm your host, Luke. The other guy on my screen is my co-host, Josh, and we're going to get right on into another jam-packed episode. Josh, what is up? How are you? How you been? I'm pretty good. Uh, I've had a pretty relaxing week so far. Not too much work to be had. Um, had a good Valentine's Day. Had a almost good Super Bowl, but my bets didn't hit, so oh well. Um, other than that, been enjoying some good Sabres hockey. Never thought I'd say that. Honestly, this season I did not think I would say that, but I, I did at least catch the last game, so that was good. I um, caught parts of the Montreal game, so uh, yeah, I've definitely been enjoying that. And uh, this week has been relatively easy for me. I don't know how, I don't know why, but I'm not going to complain about it. Same. I have not, I have not had a service at all. I've not been on a service. Wow. Week. Hey, that's a good thing. Hey, it's the, it's also the perk of being basically the person in charge and I get to, you know, coordinate who's on what service. Yeah. Right. Just make them all not for you. Uh, I mean, it's better <laughs> to use some of the part-timers anyway, because they're trying to actually make money, right. like extra money. Whereas like I'm getting paid either way. So go ahead, must, go do the must, service. I, I, I won't do it. You can, you can do it. Must be nice. <laughs> must be nice. Anyway. But anyway, this is a hockey podcast all about the Sabres and such. So that's what we're here to talk about. And I want to talk about this past week because it really, really wasn't a bad week in Sabres hockey. No, it started wasn't off, at all. Start off the week with a 4-3 overtime loss to Columbus. Should have been a win. A th- yeah, after giving up a 3-1 lead. But then Sabres with back-to-back wins. I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying anything because I will be the one to ruin it. The, the, it's it's the first time since what uh, October of this year, I think. November, yeah. something like it's that. It's also for... the first time since 2019 that the Sabres have scored five plus goals in back to back games. The last time they did that was April 4th to April 6th of 2019. They scored five plus goals in two games, and I I quite enjoy that that statistic right i i honestly like really enjoy it it's like part of me thought it had happened like i know our offense has not been good for we've a couple definitely years, but we've it definitely, feels like it's happened before. yeah like we've definitely scored like oh we scored over five, five but i didn't realize that nothing none of them were back to back yeah no i didn't either really like it's kind of wild that that has only happened once in the past three years like that is and then i don't thinking about it like realizing pretty much every other team has well not, i said pretty much i mean it's not that they have it it's weird because like they definitely all have but like there's definitely teams that are still in the same it, it that is such like a niche st- statistic in my opinion very much so yeah where like if that hasn't happened but like like who knows? Maybe the Tampa Bay Lightning haven't done that. You know, like it doesn't matter. You know, I mean, they definitely have. They, but... Right, but I'm just saying, <laughs> like, it doesn't make you a good or bad hockey team if you haven't done that. But it's a, a very specific statistic. I just thought it was fun. Yeah, it's, I, I mean, I I love to see it as a Sabres fan. You know, it's like, oh, we scored five plus and back to back. Okay, I can roll with that. Is it going to happen again? Yeah, probably not. 
But who knows? As they do take on Ottawa tonight, we'll get to that a little later. But like I said, I want to look back on this week because it was a pretty good week for Sabres hockey for the first time in a while. Um, I know we had that 3-1, you know, soul-crushing loss again. You know, we gave up a lead in the third period, as we do very often this season, apparently. Um, in mo- most seasons, actually. But they bounced back with wins over Montreal 5-3 and the Islanders 6-3. Two empty net goals in the Islanders game. And Olsen finally gets his first goal since Halloween night against Los Angeles. So you love to see it. It's his sixth of the season. And he also gets his seventh of the season on the empty net or assisted by Dylan Cousins. Yeah. I mean, it's big for Cousins. Or big for Olsen. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, big for Cousins. Cousins did have three assists in that game. So yeah, big that's his first, uh, first three-point night as, a, as an NHLer. So that's pretty cool. Um, I think the biggest takeaway from that game, though, is the fact that the Sabres lost the lead in the third and got it back and won the game because that's what happened. That's what didn't happen in the Columbus game. And that's why we lost in overtime, which I'm sorry. What hasn't happened in any in any game this year? We lose the lead and then they just come back. Yeah. I mean, the the fact of the matter with that Columbus game is that Tukarski just needs to make a save like that overtime was just. 17 seconds in and, and Borchuk shoots a muffin at the net and Tukarski can't stop it. Everyone else is in perfect position. So that one, I don't really blame on the rest of the team, except for the fact that they lost the three to one lead. They lost the lead. That's the big takeaway there. But a, a wild statistic posted by Mike Harrington today, a note on tonight's Sabres sends game. As we are recording this on the 17th of February, the Sabres play the Senators tonight. This baby is most likely over if someone is ahead after 40 minutes. When trailing after two periods, the Sabres are 1 18 and 2, and the Senators are 1 19 and 0. I, I so, saw that, and I saw that stat, and I'm like, well, let's hope we're in the lead come the end of the second period. Yeah. So the Sabres need to tie, need to need to jump on it here and get out ahead early against these Senators. I mean, it's it was a very interesting game last time in Ottawa. So we're gonna have to see how this pans out. I mean, Aaron Dell's not hey, on the team. Maybe maybe we got another Mark Jankowski. Uh... I wasn't talking about that. <laughs> I was talking about all the physicality that's gonna happen. This game is about to be a brawl. I'm hoping for 07. Sabres Ottawa Clash <laughs> 2.0, where Dylan Cousins beats the shit out of Austin Watson or somebody like that. Uh, you'd, you'd love to see it. Um, I, I mean, I hope it's not Dylan. I hope someone else takes hey, the bullet on that I, one. But I don't know, man. He beat the crap out of somebody in New York a couple of years ago or last year, I should say. Last Remember season, that? yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I mean, he's he's very much he's the one that he'll he will get physical. And the only thing that has been concerning about me concerning me about the way he likes to get physical is that he lets players get too under his skin from what right. I've been noticing. Like we saw with Brock Nelson. We saw that with Brock Nelson. He got fined a whopping $2,000. Yikes. Um, but he got under his skin and he went after him. And I, I see, I've been seeing all over, like everyone's mad about the fine or whatever. And I'm not, he see, deserves it. Yeah. The I only reason he... I say he deserves it is because Nelson was going to the bench did not have the puck and he just cross-checked it from behind and pushed him down. Like that's right. He's got to learn. He's got to learn some discipline there. That's definitely exactly. a learning moment. He's 20 years old. 
he's going to make stupid mistakes like that. But to all the people online calling Chris Cousins to get a suspension, shut up. Just stop. Suspension, no. But everyone like, is saying people that were saying, he shouldn't. People were saying he should have gotten more than Marshan did for what he did to Jerry. Are, are, we, are, we, are we sure about that? Yeah. That he, people were saying he should have got six games or more for that hit on Brock Nelson. I could have seen, honestly, I could have seen, I could have seen a game, honestly. Some people don't even know what people are talking about. They're like, what hit? What are you talking about? Because Cousins got a roughing penalty and that was it. Nothing came of it. Exactly. I mean, good on him for being physical. It's something we haven't seen the Sabres do in 10 plus years. We haven't seen them do that kind of stuff since Paul Gostad, Andrew Peters, Patrick Coletta. So maybe we need something like that. I mean, not necessarily that exactly, but we need some physical play it's not obviously all someone to you know stand up to right right it's not obviously all we need but like it's definitely a piece that good teams have look at boston with marchand as much as you hate him he's a physical presence he's a small little shit starter (laughs) yeah i mean look at look look at at, i mean look at look at jeff skinner honestly like right right but 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 look at tampa bay Pat Maroon, he will get in your face and beat the crap out of you. Or look at um, I'm trying to think. Ryan Reeves. I mean, when he was with Ryan Vegas, D'Lo, Lucic, yeah. like all these, all these quote unquote good teams have someone that's you know your fourth liner. They have at ten least minutes one a person. night. Yeah, yep. yeah. Your ten minutes a night max. That's just gonna get in your face the whole time. Right. Which and it's, what we should do with I don't know like John Hayden or right John Cody Hayden Eakin, needs, but instead think, we play them more. But that's besides the point. I think John Hayden could be that. He's leading the team in hits right now. I think he's at almost a hundred hits on the season, which is pretty good. But guy can't fight. He's tried. <laughs> no, he cannot fight. He's tried a couple times this year. He can't do it. No um, offense, John Hayden. No ill will, but he he can't fight. I mean, if he starts to play a little less, like not to say he should play less, but if he starts to play that fourth line role, I wouldn't mind the Sabres keeping him around because he hasn't really looked that terrible in the second half of the season. First half looked abysmal, but if I can stop seeing him in the final three minutes of a game, yeah. Yeah. Then I'll be, I'll be very happy. He needs to, he needs to kind of assume that fourth line grinder role, penalty killer going out and standing up for your teammates. Yeah. And I think it's still on Granado for how he implements his lines because he doesn't have a quote unquote top line, even though we do now have a top line, which we'll get to in just a minute. Yes, we do. But he doesn't have a top line, a bottom line, anything like that. Donnie Granado is very much everyone plays. And I love that. But now that we're starting to see some of these top lines being formed, I think we need to, Granado needs to start to, change the, his system around just a little bit to get these top lines more minutes and these bottom, more bottom lines that we know are bottom lines a little mm-hmm. bit less minutes. Yeah, seeing a fourth line of like John Hayden, Mark Jankowski, and insert name here, I wouldn't hate it. Even I like Bjork, toss Bjork on it. Yeah, Bjork likes, to, Bjork likes to get into things, and if you can, you know, find a pass well enough, Bjork can get, a, get some points for us too. Right. Like I now I never thought I'd be saying I hope the Sabres keep John Hayden, but like I said, he has improved I don't hate the idea of it. He's improved enough where it, he might garner like a one year extension. Just say, hey, maybe let's let's give you another shot. You one year get... league man just Yeah. Sure. I mean, the guy's got he's got um let's see here. 
I want to say he's got like four points right now in the year. He's got three points on the year. Ah, 40, 40 games in the season. I mean, it's nothing special. It's nothing to be like, oh, my God, that's amazing. But like I said, he's got that physical side. He's only a minus six, which is relatively low for all the other people on this team. Well, and I'm okay, too, with, like, keeping him around and having him be a sub next year, too. Have him be right. that 13th forward, 12th forward that's always kind of rotating out. Let the young guys play some nights. Hey, you're not having a good game. All right, sub out. John Hayden, go out there. Just be physical for a couple nights. Cool. Next. Right. Or like that kind go- of vibe. I'm not against it. Or if it's a game like this Ottawa game where you know it's going to be physical. You're coming in. Okay, we need to kind of protect one of our younger guys. Let's throw Hayden in there. Knock some heads and go for exactly anyway away from you know talking about the bottom of the lineup let's talk about the top of the lineup because that first line oh my god first line thompson tuck skinner oh my goodness those three 72 plus 89 plus 53 equals goals baby oh my god it has been it has been so like uplifting to see the Sabres have a first line again that can actually put up points every night. This is not to discredit anything Eichel, Reinhardt, and insert name here ever did, but there was a lot of nights where they just didn't get goals and they didn't keep that offensive pressure going. And I don't know and everyone about... Well, the thing with that is everyone was line, like, oh, it's, it's Eichel can't do it by himself, blah, 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 blah. These guys, the three of them are doing it by themselves night in and night out. Like yeah. what's so hard? Like, I'm not saying what's so hard about that, but like, no, no, I, I don't know, but it, it's more of a, why now can, are we starting to score more when we have quote unquote less talent on the roster? You know what it is? And I'm not going to be that guy, but I am going to be that guy. It's locker room morale. It really is. I, th- I think it's a I, mixture of that and just a different presence in that locker room. Honestly, yeah. Al Tuck has told <laughs> oh. I've Here's never a, seen a player want to play somewhere more than Alatok wants to play here in Buffalo. Let me ask you this, Luke. Name this player. He has six points in the last five games on the Buffalo Sabres. That's it? Like, that's, that's the only criteria I'm getting? Yes. Uh, six in the last five. Is he top line? Yes. It's either Skinner or Tuck. That is Tage Thompson. Oh, okay, Tomer. I thought Tomer actually had more, Loki. <laughs> Thompson had an assist against Arizona on February 29th, an assist against Vegas on February 1st, two assists against Columbus, and a goal against Montreal, and a goal against the Islanders. Tage he Thompson. Only had a, he only had a goal in that game. That's all he had. Yeah, yeah. Tage Thompson looked like a bust last year. And this year, with these two guys, he has put up He's leading, or actually, him and Skinner are tied for the league or the for the team lead at thirty four points apiece. Yep, that is an incredible turnaround, and I place that solely on Alex Tuck because uh, see, I don't because Tomer started off the season hot before Tuck was even fair. here. That is fair. Yeah, but I mean Tuck, even him, nineteen points in sixteen games as a saver, came off of a shoulder injury. People were worried he wasn't going to be able to shoot correctly. I was one of those people. And he has 19 points in 16 games, seven goals, 12 assists. I mean, this guy is on fire. He had three assists against Montreal, two points against the Islanders, a goal against Columbus, a goal against Vegas. Like 
he he's he's been the turning point of the Sabres team since he came into the lineup after his surgery was finally after his injury was finally healed. Um, and honestly, I I so I've seen a lot on Twitter and media in general of like, oh Skinner Thompson Tuck is a is a number one is a is a top line in the NHL and everyone's against it. Everyone's saying that they're not yet and they're not gonna be. They're not actually number one talent. My thing, give it next season too. Yeah, give it yeah. through next season. If Tomer can keep these numbers up, he might be proving that maybe not a number one center, but he's the one one two center. Well, the other thing is, is he's proving that he's a center because well, yeah, no yeah. one thought that he was a centerman in the NHL. I, I also did not think he was going to be good at center. Guess who only who was the only one out of our group to think he was a center? Hmm? Yeah, hmm? you can th- you can thank Chell for that. Hey. Chell doesn't lie. Chell doesn't lie. Um, it does, but it, it doesn't. In I very case. much beg to differ. What also is thing. fantastic, aside from Skinner's contract, uh, Alex Tuck signed for the next five years at four point seven five. Tage Thompson signed for the ne- signed for this year, next year at one point four. That is a great value for those two players. I mean, Skinner obviously at nine mil is not the best value, but Skinner's got twenty goals in the year, and, twenty goals, fourteen and, assists. And honestly, weirdly enough. I see, I mean, especially Tuck because he's a Buffalo boy. But I see, I see Thompson taking a team-friendly deal when his contracts are up. Mm. Team-ish friendly. Team-ish friendly. I think he bumps up to about three. Well, I mean, to me, that's team-friendly if he's going to be your number one center. Yeah, that's fair. Or number two center. He is. I, also, I was thinking probably like four point five five. He's also an RFA at the end of this deal, which is great. But that same year, so here's the contracts up that year. Anders Bjork. Tage Thompson, Dylan Cousins, uh, Rasmus Asplund, Matthias Samuelson, Casey Fitzgerald, and I think, oh, not UPL. Never mind. I thought UPL was up there. No, wait. Hold on. He's down in Rochester. Uh, no, UPL is up at the end of this year, actually. Yeah, he'll, he'll get he'll get another he'll get a, he'll get like a two year like $1 yeah million dollar deal. Also, Kyle Posta's money comes off the same year that all those guys have to be signed, which is good Huge. to see. Um, that's six million extra cap right there. I mean, we already have the like year, the year 20, after, but... the year after Casey Middlestat and Peyton Krebs, also Rasmus Dahlin and Henry Yoki Haru. So you have to, <laughs> that's, that's going to be a rough, rough period of re signing, but that's a couple years down the line. We'll look into that. But like we said, now. right now, the Sabres have 13 million in cap space. Oh, yeah. And it coming off this year, you have. Victor Olofsson's three million coming off. Cody Eakins two and a half. Uh, Jankowski and Hayden's league men's. Hague's deals coming off. Pissick's deals coming off. Bryson, Anderson, Tokarski, Boych. Well, Boychuk. Boychuk uh, doesn't count. He's an outsider. Colin, Colin Miller. Matter. Colin Miller. Will Butcher. Vinny yeah. Henestrosa. All those numbers are coming off. So you're going to have like they're, thirty they're, million in yeah. cap space. They're one going to be able to re-sign everyone back that they want, and they're going to be able to go out and maybe bribe a, a Thomas Hurdle, Matthew Kachuk, Johnny Gaudreau. I don't think. I don't know, man. I don't <laughs> think. I want to get into this real quick because I don't think Calgary is going to be able to keep the keep the uh, keep the band together. They got to re-sign. They got to re-sign both Kachuk and Gaudreau. They got to re-sign Andrew Manjupani. Joe is going to go to a team that is contending, contending. Yeah. Goudreau has gone through enough with the Flames organization of being supposed contenders and then never getting there. 
they have the chance this year. They're looking really good right now, but yeah, he's looking. going to, he's going to a team that's going to be actually contending and is definitely going to be in a playoff spot. Matthew we are Kachuk, a maybe though. Matthew Kachuk. Chuck is not going to come here. Matthew Kachuk. Chuck <laughs> is also going to go to a team that's contending or he's staying also, in Calgary. Matthew, Matthew Kachuk is an RFA as well. He's so. going to garner like 9.5, 10 million. Yeah. But as I was saying, there's a lot coming up in the free agency market this year that I think the Sabres can't be tempted with, but at the same time, they should be smart about it. With the new analytics yeah. department that they have built, I think they're going to be very smart about it. Honestly, I wouldn't be against them not signing anybody really that big because it could be a trap. It could be like exactly. Whole, it could I be mean, the, saw, it could be the Kyle Hall. Could be the Kyle Poster year too, where you sign someone to a long term deal and they get hurt. And that's not well, against Kyle Poster. Yeah, but and, well, it could be another Taylor Hall situation too. Right, you just guy... way overpay for a player to play for you for half a season and do absolutely nothing. Yeah. That's supposed to be good. All I'm saying is there is a lot to be excited for in free agency this year, and there's a lot of cap space the Sabres have to play with. Also, they could be smart, save their money, get to the cap floor, and get that big fish next year, and also save up money for when you have to re-sign guys like Olofsson, Middlestat, Darlene, Cousins, Tuck, all those uh, guys. I'm, I'm more worried about being able to re-sign Darlene and Krebs in the same offseason. Yeah. <laughs> and Joker and Middlestat also in that same offseason. Yeah. It's going to be great. Back, back to what we were saying about that that top line, I think I honestly think if if we play our cards right, Tuck is here for the rest of his career. Oh, I think he's here for the rest of his career already. I think Tug wants to be here for the rest of his career. Yeah. Yeah. I think if he could, he would sound like a 14 year deal right now and be like, all right, I'm a Buffalo Saber for the rest of my life. (laughs) Philip Forsberg Forsberg is a UFA at the end of the year. I'm not against that, but. Sorry. I'm just looking. I'm excited for agency. I'm excited for for free agency. That'll be about two, two, three months down the line. We will, we will take a look into that. But right now the Sabres are still playing, and I, I'm. I mean, did we win the trade? Jack Eichel did not score a single. He did point not. Vegas did not score back. a single point no. in Eichel's first game. And I dare I say Eichel didn't look good. No, he did not he, look great. We understand I mean, he's granted, coming off a much different injury than Alex Tuck is. Right. There's no comparing their injuries, but he. I don't know, man. And I refuse to say that I honestly, I'm on the side of no one won this trade. It was a good trade for both sides. Yes. I think that's how it's going to shape out. Unless Eichel starts to not do anything. If Eichel keeps faltering, then we somehow won a Jack Eichel trade, which would be fantastic. And I think that'd be a great point to start this new era. Oh yeah. Of, Hey guys, we won a trade where we traded the top, a, 10, top, a top, a top, 10 top player five, in the NHL. Yeah. a top five center in the NHL. Like, yeah. Um, where do you think this Vegas draft pick ends up that we have? Do you think um, it's in the top fifteen? No. Okay. No, Vegas. Vegas will make the playoffs. Um, I understand right now they are only three points in the playoffs, as Edmonton, LA, and Anaheim are all sitting at 55 points, and they are 58 with now Calgary leading that division at 62. But Vegas will definitely make the playoffs, and they will obviously, especially when Leonard comes back. Um, as um, for those that aren't aware, Robin Leonard is down with an upper body injury right now. Mm. 
So that is another big issue in Vegas as their starting goaltender is Lauren Brassaw. He's not a bad goalie, but he is very much a backup goalie who plays a game here and a game there. So Vegas will definitely make the playoffs. I believe it's going to end up being like a mid-20s pick unless they do somehow make a run to the cup. So I just did a quick little simulation on Tankathon. Um, it has us with Vegas's pick at 19th drafting Philip Misar of Slovakia. He has played 32 games for HK, HK Pro Pop, Pop Rad, and he has 14 points in 32 games. Not bad. Left winger. Le- actually, it, it has him listed as just a forward, left center and right wing. <laughs> I, I, just, I, I just don't know anymore with these forwards. Like, are you, what, what position do you play? I'm okay with, yeah. you know, the, the two position thing, but like all three, it's pick a side. <laughs> pick I mean, which side you like more. Let's do another quick lottery sim. Oh, wow. Okay. That's fantastic. First of all, it has us moving from seventh to second and drafting Logan Cooley. Um, ah! <laughs> um, also, speaking of Logan Cooley, he's now a Minnesota. Um, uh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame. No, commit. no. He is now switched to Minnesota. Wow. It came out, came out today. Everyone saw on his um, bio that he is no longer a Notre Dame commit. He's a Minnesota commit. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, Minnesota's just going to stay good forever. Um, <laughs> one, um, one guy that I wouldn't mind reaching for if, say, the Sabres are at 19th, Jack Hughes of Northeastern. He's got 10 points in 29 games, but he's looked pretty good. He's at th- he had 34 points in 38 games of the NDTP um, last year, and he had eight points in 14 games in the World Juniors, or the USNTDP Juniors, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. The US Juniors. Yeah. Basically. Two, oh, I'm sorry. He had two points in four games at the World Juniors. Wouldn't be a bad reach. Um, he's also a left wing. Big, big left winger. Wow. Six foot. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm playing around with, the, I'm just, I'm, I'm past the season at this point and I'm just yes. looking, I'm looking to have I'm, fun and I'm excited to see who we go for in this draft. I'm going to be looking at draft come after the trade deadline. Cause I want to see what deals are made between yeah. both Sabres personally and just across the league. Right. Um, and then I will look at draft to be like, okay, I know these teams aren't going to make the playoffs. Let's see who's going to go after what. For anyone that's wondering, Sabres have, I believe, seven picks in the draft this year. They have three in the first round, one in the second, one in the third, one in the fourth, one in the fifth, one in the sixth, and one in the seventh. So that's, that's more than seven. That's more that's than much seven. More, that's much I more than seven. Can't do math today. That is. I believe we have nine. I believe we have nine picks right now. Yeah, it is nine picks. Next year, the Sabres draft one in the first, three in the second, none in the third, and then one in each of the remaining rounds. I see one of those seconds. um, Kevin Adams trying to make it into a first. Next year's second, you're saying? I can see Kevin Adams trying to make it into another first round pick and having two picks in the first, two picks in the second. Next year, you're saying? Yeah. Okay, I got you. Like, oh, you're saying like during the draft, like jump into the first with the second rounder. 
either that or we make a trade at like a second round pick and somebody for a first round pick, like something like that. Yeah. I get you. But that is well down the line as we were talking about now. And I believe there's actually more trade rumors going around and a lot of trade talk and discussion going around. Trade deadline is coming up and I believe Josh has a question for me. I do. So just the other day, Tyler Toffoli was traded to the Calgary Flames for a first, a fifth, and Tyler Pitlick, and then a prospect that the Flames received in the Florida deal with uh, Sam Bennett involved. That was a couple couple months ago. Yeah. No, that was already oh, off season. That was, that was, la- yeah, that that was, was the off season. No, it was even before that. It was, the la- it was last season. Bennett played with them in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> it was anyway, last season's trade deadline. So that got me thinking, do the Sabres try to pick anything off of, of Montreal here? Because they are a fire sale of a team. They are selling everything imaginable here, I think. Like Jeff Petrie's on the block, probably Brennan well, Gallagher. Petrie, Mike Petrie wants out per right. se. I think pretty much everyone over the age of 25 is on the move. So my question for you, Luke, what do the Sabres go for, if anything at all, and what do you think they have to give up to get something out of the barn fire that is the Montreal Canadiens? So you brought this question up to me earlier today, and I thought about it a little bit. I gave you my base answer, and honestly, that base answer hasn't changed. I think the only people that I, at least me personally, would actually be interested in would be, I would take an Arturi Lekkanen, which would only have to garner you like a third or fourth round pick. I, you might have to give them more just because, as I said, they are, you know. I mean, you could take Cody Egan of, off her hands if you want. Well, that's the thing. Cody Egan <laughs> is, well, but I think Cody Egan's going to go to a somewhat of a contender. Yeah. So to, to continue this conversation, um, it was noted on TSN Trade Insiders that Cody Eakin, Robert Hag, and Colin Miller are all names being discussed in the realm of trades out of Buffalo. Um, Cody Eakin purely because of his face-off statistics. Allegedly. I don't... Allegedly, yeah. I, I think he would go to a somewhat more of a contender. Sorry, I have so many issues with Cody Eakin. I do too, but if we get a fourth rounder for him, I'm happy. Um, yeah. So Arturi Lekkanen, that's a name that intrigues me the most. He was a 2013 draft pick. So he's a bit up there. He's 26. His season high in points came in 2018-19 with 31 points in 82 oh. games. I forgot. I thought he's broken 40. I, ha- I, really, nope. I don't realize he hasn't broken, for- broken 40 yet. This year, he's got 1945 on a bad Montreal team. So that's a little intriguing. The, the, reason, the reason I'm intrigued by Lekkanen is I see him as a – Couple years younger, Vinny Hinnestroza. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could someone see that, that could just fill in that middle six, give you a little bit of speed, a little bit of decent back check, defensive game, and can kind of fill in in any spot you kind of need to. Hey, we need we oh someone's hurt, we need someone to be on the power play. Yeah, in. go ahead. He also, I believe, played with Rasmus Dahlin in Frolunda. He was drafted out of Frolunda, and kept playing there until 2015 16. No, Dolly was not there yet. Mm. Dolly was still like 15 at that point. Oh yeah, you're right. Okay, so he Dolly joined 
like Frolunda's like actual SHL team in 2016-17. I mean, Lekkonen did play four games in the Champions Hockey League for Frolunda, like that little tournament they do. Yeah. He played four games there in 2016-17. So he did play four games with Darlene, most likely. Not saying that's anything special, but they are countrymen. They are there is that relation. There. Another Swede. No, whoa. Okay, never mind. I stand corrected. He is Finnish. Oh. Terry Lekkonen is Finnish. Yes. Never mind. Um, but still, I that is probably the only name. Maybe Brendan Gallagher. I would say the other name that I had mentioned to you, Josh, that I'm gonna mention again is I'll take a Brendan Gallagher. He reminds John- me, he reminds me of a less like shitty version of Marshan. He'll get into the dirty areas. He'll annoy annoy you. He'll pesker you. And he can put up 50 points. It's not going to work. He has a no move probably clause. Has a no, he probably has no move clause, which he'll He's wave. He's also he will signed not, six years. Yeah, he will also not wave that no move clause to come to Buffalo. No. No. Um, <laughs> another, another name that I just noticed that is injured, Jonathan Druin. Yo, he's got so many issues that I mm-hmm. just don't really want him. Uh, I don't know. He's And I'm pretty sure he's going to just end up being hurt the rest of the year. Right. But I'm looking for next year because he is signed through next season. The way he's bounced around recently makes me really question wanting him on this team. He's only played for Tampa and Montreal. Yes, but he was over in the West before he got sent over to Montreal. No, he was not. Oh, but no, there's years... talks of him. There's talks of him moving out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played okay. three years in Tampa, and then he went to Montreal for the last five, six. Yeah, five. there's talks of him moving out, but he didn't. I don't know. I, I just feel like we have to take some sort of flyer here of like, hey, you know, they're kind of falling apart, kind of looking like they're going to sell the farm. So let's try to get a little piece of it. You know, and whether it yeah. be a draft pick, whether that be a prospect, well, they wouldn't be giving up prospects, but no, I mean, depending on what you can get, try, you know, shoot your shot. You can never yeah. hurt. Like I said, the biggest name that I'm intrigued by would be Arturi Lekkonen. Um, but I probably think he would... every other team in the league is probably intrigued by him. Yes, because he, he slots in so well, just as that middle six guy. Yep. Like he'll put up 20, if on a good team, especially, he'll put up 20 to 40 points. And just be able to play in any situation you put him in. Yeah, hundred percent. So wouldn't mind him, but wouldn't want to give up a whole lot for him. But now back to the other three that are rumored to be moved out of Buffalo. I think the only one that won't get moved is Colin Miller, just because of his injury. See, and... I think he, I think he gets moved because he'll be back just before the deadline. He'll be able to play a game or two. Teams will be able to see him again. And he's a very serviceable right shot defenseman. Yeah. It's just, I don't know if there's a lot for teams to go off of that we could get the full value of him. Not to say that he has a, a lot of value. He but... can still pull in a second or third round pick, though. That's the thing. Yeah, but I want more than that. You know, like, well, I yeah. would want. Give me a third and a player. Yeah. Like, give me a third and Arturi Lekin. No. Exactly. Like, it. it... I don't know. It's hard to judge because, like I said, he hasn't played all that much this year. But when he did, he was really good. He played I 30. Think... He played 32 games at 12 points. But at the beginning of the year, he was on pace for, I think, 70 points. 
Yeah, at one so, point he was. He dropped. Probably, on a, he probably had. He's probably on pace for about 25, 30 points this year. You put him on a good team, and he reaches thirty points as a defenseman, and he yeah. hasn't done that since Vegas. Exactly, and and that's that's the thing too, and that's what's going to keep. That's what is keeping teams intrigued on Colin Miller is the fact of they've seen what he's done in the past. And they're expecting and hoping that after this injury, he can, he can get back to that. I mean, the Sabres are too, yeah. obviously. Well, yeah, but the thing is, is Colin Miller's up at the end of the year. How exactly. Much, how, mu- how much does he want to stay here? Exactly. And how He's little, gonna want, He wants to go to a contender. Right. And how little is he willing to get paid to stay here? Like, because we're not going to pay him $3.8 million. He's not worth that. No, he'd get 2.5 from us. Yeah, I think. Two point five to three. Three is the cap, I think. Not that he's not yeah. worth that, but but given where we're well, and and given what wise. we have, and given what we have coming coming up too. Right, right. We we Miller is has become very expendable for this team. Yeah, yeah. So not my, that my I would... thought is I think Hag is the one that ends up not getting moved, or if he does, it's going to be like a fifth round pick. What's hilarious is Cody Eakin is the one that's most likely to get get traded. Like that is bonkers to me it, mean, re- it really is because he's got like what eight points on the year well see my thing is is everyone looked bad under ralph kruger and i think even cody eakin was bad under ralph kruger because cody eakin had really good years in vegas like 27 and 41 that's fantastic for this guy he's got 10 points this year seven i, I points. was close I he had seven he had seven last year 15 in total the year before so I wonder, I really do wonder if Ralph Kruger was part of the reason why he was bad too, because he made everyone look bad. So I wonder if Cody Egan's actually not as bad as we thought he was, but I don't like, that's the thing with him, Hag and Miller is I don't want to keep these guys around because they're probably not going to resign and I'd like to get something for them, you know? Exactly. And I mean, Cody Eakin, I think, is going to end up garnering a legitimately a third-round pick and a player. Maybe, but it depends on the player. I think if we do that, the player won't be that good. No, the player is going to be, it's gonna be like a fourth-line player, but it's. I would but definitely still. take. I would definitely take Cody Eakin for a player, straight up, because the, that player would probably be better. But hopefully, I don't know. I, I want. I really wonder what kind of calls Kevin Adams is getting on him because. I would have taken the first call and said yes. Hey. So, I, unless it's something absurd. Like a I think the chips. other reason he hasn't is because, like, center depth. Right. With all the injuries we've had this year, we have right. – with having Thompson and Cousins down the center, um, Krebs can play center, but I've liked Krebs on a wing with Cousins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's so, good. And with Middlesap being hurt, Gergensen's being on and off of injury and being more a winger than a center – you need Eakin for that center depth per se. Another fun thing with Peyton Krebs, um, he has eight points in 14 games, much exceeded expectations, I believe. I mean, well, he's exceeded everyone's expectations and his vision has been unreal. Right. I mean, the reason Victor Olofsson scored was because of Krebs's vision. I mean, that is the sole reason for that goal. And even with the hesitation, so the hesitation from Olofsson's first goal caught um Sorokin off guard too yep yeah so there's a lot of different ways this trade deadline is going to go I think the Sabres are going to be like a conservative buyer like they're not going to go out there and try I think we're a more conservative seller 
Because yeah. you're gonna see you're gonna see all of the veterans pretty much be moved out. Yep. Hag's gonna be like- gone, Miller's gonna be gone, Eakin's gonna be gone, and there's talks that Pissick could be. I don't want him see, to be. I, I want Pissick to stick one, around. Yeah, that's the one guy that I've liked so far. Um, I would like to him to stick around next season as well as that mm-hmm. veteran defenseman, but who yeah. knows what Buffalo's gonna do? Another another two that have been great on the D on the D line. Samuelson and Fitzgerald have been a very sound defensive. Yeah, player. and Samuelson's not playing tonight, and I'm very salty about it. Mm. I'm very salty I about think... Samuelson being the guy they're rotating out of the lineup. I they're doing that if now. They're, I wonder if they're testing Bryson to see if they want to keep him around. You know, maybe, but why? But everyone, everyone's mad about it, and I kind of am too. Why is Samuelson the guy that you take out? Yeah, I mean, like, no offense to even Casey Fitzgerald, but I would gladly keep Samuelson over Fitzgerald in the lineup. Yeah, I just I think maybe they're trying to gauge the waters on Jacob Bryson because he's an RFA at the end of the year. Um, they're going to try to figure out if they should move him at the deadline, try to maybe sign him as a RFA. That'd be my guess. Maybe. Um, but I don't know. I'm not I'm not super happy with this call tonight. It's the only thing I'm kind of upset about is why is Samuelson the one that's going to be scratched? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe he got banged up. No, there. So, so the story is that Granado and the staff is going to go, is going to be doing a lot of rotating defensive pairs and a lot of rotating within the lineup and a lot of random healthy scratches. Obviously the one name you will not see come out will be Rasmus Dahlin. Mm-hmm. And Henry, even, and Henry Yoki are you however I'm also not against Joker coming out for a game for Samuelson or something yeah, yeah me too but you're, you're gonna see the as Sabres fans we're gonna see a lot of that uh for those that haven't noticed yet there's gonna be a lot of rotating defensemen right for the remainder of the season pretty much or at least until the deadline until yeah. we see Miller and or Hag get moved to a different team Right, because you're going to, like we've been saying, you're trying to gauge what you can get, and other teams are trying to gauge what they want to give you if they want to give you anything for any of these players. Exactly. But with that, enough on past and what could happen. What we know is happening is this next week ahead of Sabres games, and that is the fact that Ottawa is taking on the Sabres tonight in Buffalo. I know you won't give score predictions. They won't, but what about you? I'll give a score prediction. I'm going to say five to three Buffalo. Interesting. Who's starting for Ottawa? Is it Murray or Forsberg? I have no idea. I have not, no, I have not seen that yet. I have also not. Anderson, Anderson, Anderson started yes. for the Sabres. Anderson is getting the start against his former team for the first time since he's been traded, since he left them after spending what he spent like 10 years there. Right. Yeah, yeah. He's there for a long time. So it's a very, it's a very good game to to see. Very good, great opportunity for Anderson. And honestly, I don't know if anyone's seen it yet, but Anderson said it's just another game. We're gonna go out there. We're gonna try to win. I'm like, I love, I love that. Good for like, him. He's 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 he like, really he needs there's to guys stick there. around. He's like, obviously, there's guys there I played with. You know, there's gonna be a little bit of chirping, fun chirping. Honestly, I don't know if there's that many people left in he, Ottawa. Well, he he left there like three years ago. 
two years ago. True, true. But yeah. Ottawa, Ottawa does cycle through people very quickly. <laughs> yes, but there's still players there that he did play with, and yeah. there's gonna be fun chirping going on. But he's like, I'm, I'm in Buffalo. Like, I, we're, we want our team to win. Like, I really that's, hope to go here. I really hope he sticks around as a, as a coach or advisor of some sort. Something, something. He's got a new goalie like, coach, like something, something. Go to the AHL, be a goalie I, coach or something. I, I, don't I, know. I, I like Mike Bales, so I would want to keep Mike Bales around. But assistant goalie coach. Yeah, make up a role for him. Screw yeah, it. exactly. <laughs> like we did for like half of our higher staff at this point. <laughs> um, with that though, we do face Colorado on Saturday at one o'clock. It is You're going to that. Day. You're going to that. I am game, not going to that game. Oh, I thought that was the reschedule. No, it is a rescheduled game. However. Steve, uh, our, our good old buddy Steve decided that since it's a Saturday now, he would like to take his girlfriend to it, and I have no issues in that. Understandable. Okay. I was going to say, if that ticket's up for grabs, oh, wait, I have work for it. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but that's going to be, honestly, that's going to be the real test of how, quote-unquote, how much better this team has gotten. In the past, what, two weeks since they yeah, played Colorado? Exa- <laughs> exa- exactly. Like, yes, like, yes, we're on a wing, we have a two-game win streak going, you know, we should have won one against Columbus, but we still at least got the uh, loser point out of it. But this past 10 years have been, we should have won. <laughs> that literally uh, just came to, oh, we should have won that one, but we kind of, you know, fell, fell apart. It's literally the last 10 years. Like that's, that's it yeah. right there. It's, oh, we should have won. Anyway, but back to back games after Colorado's, we take on Columbus at six o'clock on Sunday. I'll, I'm kind of mad that it's that late at night. Um, I liked that matinee game last week against Montreal. They should have done that again. Yeah, I don't know why they made it at 6 o'clock. I mean, I get there's no Super Bowl this time, but, like, you still could have done it at, like, 1. Yeah, why not? <laughs> and then we are taking on Montreal once again on Wednesday at 7.30. Jeez. And that is the um, – those three games – actually, I think all four of these are the rescheduled from just before Christmas. Gotcha. Um, all these games are as we are finishing off the Olympic break reset. Speaking, speaking of the Olympics, oh my goodness. First of all, hats off Team Canada, the women's side. They won gold. Hats off to Sarah Nurse for putting up 18, you said eight, 18, 18 points, points. That's in the Olympic games. It's what, like phenomenal. seven games, eight games that they play? Right. Yeah, that is insane. Um, unreal you, everyone go watch women's hockey whether phf yes. pwha whatever whatever go watch women's hockey yeah um, so Please. usa women's gets silver um usa men's gets nothing canada men's gets nothing so that's great thank you team canada for not playing devin levi taking him away from the bean pot basically taking the bean pot away from northeastern i'm sorry luke i'm kind of taking your rant here but the fact that Team Canada didn't play the best goaltender in the NCAA and the best goaltender in the United States at the prospect level is absurd. I don't get it. You played Matt well, Tompkins. Well, and, and that's and that's the thing I'm okay. He's, he's he's nursing an injury too, Matt Tompkins. He's been yeah. nursing an injury. Why who's keep the, him playing? Who's the Team Canada coach? I don't remember who ended up being coach. And didn't end up being Julian. Oh right, because he got hurt. Yeah. I don't remember who took over, but I don't understand the thought of, yeah, I want to bring Devin Levi to the Olympics with me. Okay, cool. Is he going to play? Nah. Nope. Why? Then why bring him? Why bring someone 
that you know is the 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 top goalie prospect right now, the top yeah. goalie prospect. Right. Why not play him and let him showcase his ability? Jeremy Colleton. That's why. Oh, because it's Chicago's old coach. Yeah, Jeremy Colleton's an idiot. So the guy, this is the guy that during a team timed out timeout handed the board to Jonathan Taves and said, "You draw something up." Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. No, that's why Devin Levi didn't play. Owen Power, um, he got one point in five games, so not great for Owen Power, but I'd rather see him tear it up in the NCAA than anything. Um, plus, like, I mean, to be fair, Team Canada's team not that good. No, no, neither, neither team. I mean, none of these, none of these, especially men's side, none of these teams were great because they didn't have any NHLers. Well, and clearly, they were all... clearly, Sweden was good. They well, beat yes. Canada two nothing, and clearly Slovakia was good. They beat well. That was another coaching mistake because um, Jack Jack Quinn, David Quinn, didn't play Matty Beneers in the shootout, and he also didn't play. Um, God, what's his name? There was another U.S. prospect that didn't play for like a single shift in the last five minutes of the third period against Slovakia. So go figure on that one. Well, there's there's coaching question marks across like the Olympic hockey rot, like especially U.S. and Canada alone, especially U.S. Mm-hmm. for both men's and women's, because looking at the women's stats from the uh, gold medal game against Canada, there was three players on there that played zero minutes. Really? Yeah, and then Amanda Kessel, you know Phil Kessel's brother or sister, sister. rather. Sister, <laughs> sorry, Phil Kessel is her brother played six minutes why that's what i'm saying i don't understand what the coach was thinking in that u.s canada gold medal game like we knew we knew canada had a quote-unquote better team Mm, yeah coming in coming by by look by looks on paper canada's a better team i think it all boils down to what cnn posted when the United States beat Canada Facts. in the men's qualifying round. If no one, if no one saw it, CNN posted an article or maybe just a tweet comparing the U S beating Canada for the first time in 12 years in men's hockey in the Olympics. They compared it to miracle on ice from 1980. You know, when a group of college kids beat the Russian tank yeah. team with, it'd, be, that it'd had, be different if it were like the U S the U S team had like, Literal was this the team? Well, the team, the team that we had versus Canada being like all NHLers, right? Then I'd be like, "Oh, different. damn!" Yeah, Th- this they compared that to what was a pivotal point in U.S. hockey history. And, and, and I think that do we beat Canada? Okay, I think the fact that the U.S. lost both games is solely because of CNN. This is not a political based comment. This is a purely just like why conspiracy theory comment <laughs> <laughs> just why did you say what you said you had no reason to say that and you said it anyway yeah but anyway so but with that we are running a little we are running out of time here on the die by the way podcast so once again i say congrats to canada women's hockey for winning gold sarah nurse being the first black player to be in the win in the um winter olympics for hockey and the first to win an Olympic gold in hockey. So congrats to her, you know, Darnell nurse's sister. Interesting. Sisters of NHL are being good at hockey. Hmm. Makes sense. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Also Marie, Marie Poulin, um, having two goals again in the gold medal game. 
having seven goals in her four Olympics in just the gold, gold medal. medal in just the gold medal games alone. Yeah, so she has seven goals and four goals, four gold medal games. That's impressive. Oh, and by the way, she's she's like only like 30, so she still has like at least Another one Olympics. more that she at least one more that she can do. So uh Team Canada is gonna be good for a while, but with that. Josh, what's one thing you are looking forward to, whether it's hockey related or not, in the next week? Um, I don't know. I'm honestly looking, just looking forward to these Sabres games because, like I said, they've been playing better. It's been more fun to watch. Um, other than that, I hope the weather goes back to cold so that way the ponds refreeze and maybe we can get out and go skating on a pond. Oh, don't worry. Today it was 51 and rainy, but tomorrow it's going to be 13 and snowy. Why does it have to snow? Can't it just be cold? No, it's good 13 and 6% chance of snow. Six or 60? Six, 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 zero. Oh, darn. All right. Well, because yeah. the snow messes up the ice. That's all I'm saying. True. But yeah, it's going to drop. It's going to go from 50 today to um, 13 tomorrow. So uh, have fun with all the ice, everybody. It's going to be great. <laughs> good thing <laughs> I have nowhere to go time. tomorrow. Yeah. Good thing I have to go to work tomorrow morning. That sucks. Um, but other thing I really got is the fact that as of right now, I have a Saturday where I don't have to do a service and I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. So what I'm hearing is tomorrow night we go out. <laughs> no, not a bad vibe, <laughs> but, but with that, Sabres play tonight, seven o'clock, go check out the game and go Bills. <laughs>